started started me a dynasty. Oh, NCAA football 07. Really? Gotta start me a dynasty on 07. Pick Mississippi State. <laughs> Boy, this, this schedule that they had that season. Cruel last year. Boy, they had a schedule on them. <laughs> you start asking yourself, like, man, how you survived? They didn't. Hey. <laughs> they Auburn was ranked top ten. Then and we are. I, I've been playing all the games. We almost beat Auburn. I went straight into Heisman mode. I put us straight to Heisman. Almost beat Auburn. Had to go. Had to do a come from behind win on the road against UAB. Wow. We were down twenty one nothing against UAB on the road. I, that team, they had nothing but seniors. That UAB squad, they was low key nice. <laughs> Came back and won thirty one twenty eight. That's crazy. Went on the road to Death Valley, and them boys were scared. I mean, we were playing scared. <laughs> Dropping touchdown passes. Oh, man. Muffin punts. I said, Lord have mercy. These boys, they ain't a guy here to Death Valley. Don't know how to act. <laughs> so we lost that game. And then before you called, I was playing. I got it on pause right now. Gotcha. But we down, we down uh, 10 to 3, mm-hmm. driving the ball. In the third quarter, to West Virginia. Remember, they had they played West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Pat White and Steve Slayton. So, West Virginia top five in the country. We, this would be our third top ten team: Auburn, LSU, and West Virginia. I need <laughs> this. One. I need this win against West Virginia. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm just like thinking back at at that schedule. I'm like, murderous road boy. Murderous road. <laughs> hey, he didn't have a chance to keep that job. Nah, <laughs> it don't matter how hard he tried, man. They they were like, man, get Kroom about out this thing, yeah, man. Kroom didn't have a chance. That defense was solid. Yeah, I, I think that year State lost three to two to Auburn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about it. we we had to live through uh, through games like that, man. From some nasty, nasty times back then, boy. <laughs> nasty times. But when you think about it, this past season we had to live through watching that Arkansas game, seven to three. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Breakdown Sportscast. I'm your host, Corey Willis. I hope everyone is doing well on a Friday. I hope you all had a great um, Christmas holiday and a great New Year's, of course. So I hope you guys got a chance to watch a lot of football, um, open presents. Just, you know, be around your loved ones. Over the holidays, um, I really hope you guys enjoyed um, the little time off uh, with the people that you love. Um, as always, I am here with my good friend and co-host. You know who he is. He doesn't need an introduction, folks. He <laughs> is Chris Bolton. Chris, what's going on, man? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too, bro. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine by yourself, Corey. I've been doing good, doing good, trying to start the new year off right, you know, of course, got some, 
got some um some some things to to take care of in the new year of course mm-hmm. trying to be on the path of success health yes, wise you know working out go. some more come on now talk to me <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, it's 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 one of those things every every year everyone wants to wants to do. They want to you know get in the gym, get those gains, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely gotta gotta get those gains. Eat healthy. Yep. You know, I know you out there in Texas. It's a little hard to maybe go from pivot off the the, the beef and the pork to the turkey. <laughs> Look, man, you're like Austin, and you got what, <laughs> Terry Black. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've seen videos of how they get down there. It's, <laughs> I know it's tough. It, it's tough. It, it's tough. Everywhere you turn, there, there's just a smoke pit, just like off on the corner, you know, just smoking brisket, sausage, anything, you name like, it. I just had brisket last week. <laughs> <laughs> you presenting it to me again? Like, goodness oh, gracious. Man. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I understand those trying to, you know, uh, stick to some resolutions. Mm-hmm. We definitely gonna make that happen this year, and uh, I'm sure some teams they got some resolutions uh, they got to get to themselves, and, and one of them starts with finding a new head coach. Yes, yes, um, it, we we would be remiss to talk about um, that. New Year's resolution, of course. Um, yeah, there there are uh, some schools out there that are still looking for their coaching staff, and one we have to talk about is the Alabama Crimson Tide out there in Tuscaloosa. Yes, folks. Um, if you've heard the news, you've heard that former coach of the Crimson Tide, now Nick Saban, the goat. Um, the czar of college football. Yes, absolutely. He has announced his retirement um, as the head football coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So um, Alabama is now looking for a new head man in charge down there in Tuscaloosa. And, I, of course, Chris, I've been talking to people about it because they've been, they've been wanting to get my – my take on it, of course, and I told him, like, you know, I, I'll give you this, of course, listen to the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the only thing I've, I've really been telling people, of course, and, you know, we'll delve more into it on today's show, is just, <sighs> I, I've, I've kind of, and I'm still kind of fighting the, the thought of, Nick Saban not being on the sideline for Alabama. I think this is something we always knew was going to happen one day. And I, I think even Alabama fans knew, even though, you know, some of them were like, oh, man, Nick Saban, he's always going to be there. He's going to be 98 years old, still coaching the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, sometimes things aren't always, you know, what they seem, of course. We always knew it one day it was going to end. And mm-hmm. that day pretty much um, became Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts about it so far? It's, um, like you said, it's something we knew would come one day. And I think everybody's still processing. I mean, you know, it's wow. Nick Saban retired? 
you know, it, it's, it's happened. The announcement was very, very sudden. Um, you know, I think the landscape of where college football is now possibly has a lot to do with that. Um, we, we're, we're old enough to remember guys like Bobby Bowden, um, Joe Paterno, and uh, regardless of like, all the stuff that happened with Paterno, but um, he, those guys, they coached for a long time. I mean, when they were way up there in age. And I think it was easier to do so in that landscape because it was really about building a program. And a lot of times, once you had guys there, they were they were there. You didn't have the portal to deal with. And now the portal is a whole different animal, different monster. Where you're not just only recruiting high school players to come play for your program. You're not just recruiting guys out the portal to come to your program. You're recruiting your guys to stay at your program. That's hard. That's tiring. And so I think for someone like Nick Saban, who has accomplished so much and has exceeded expectations to the point at Alabama where his job was never in doubt. And Corey, I know you know SEC football history. I know you know college football history. Brother, they was in flux before Nick Saban became the head coach at Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> those days before <laughs> Nick got there was not those good. Days. Those days were crazy. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, oh my goodness. Um, they, 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 if you, you would get fired at Alabama, if, even if you had a season where you went 10 and 2 and you, you lost to Auburn and you didn't win the SEC West, mm-hmm. not good enough. Get out of here. I mean that that's how the kind of restlessness that is possible at Alabama. Alabama had a fire coach before the season started. He just got the job. Was out there wilding out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the kind of stuff that was happening out there. So, um, and and this was they hired Saban fresh off of Rich Rod, initially accepting the job, but then having a change of heart and not taking the job. Mm-hmm. Like they saving, he wasn't even the the first pick, but he lifted Alabama back up to to prominence, and we will never see what he's accomplished done by another coach ever again. I feel like in in this landscape of college football, mm-hmm. so this is it's truly like we've hear the the term the end of an era used a lot but i mean this is truly the end of an era and i mean i am so curious to see how things play out for alabama the next 10 years just just how this next hire who it will be and how things pan out but definitely want to give nick saban his flowers yeah i i mean I mean, we got to. Uh, I mean, you know, taking over that Alabama team when in 2007 after that horrendous Mike Shula coach team, like, it's night and day, Chris. 
<laughs> it, it, it's night and day. Um, that program was in desperate need of. <laughs> I, I know. I know. We joke about a savior, save me, but that's literally how it was there at the time. Tender love and care for sure. Yes. <laughs> and you know, bringing in Nick Saban was you know arguably when you look back at it that was the best decision that that school ever needed they're like that that team needed structure nick saban brought you that that team needed a a chance to you know feel like they could go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country he gave you that he dominated recruiting in state julio jones Mm -hmm. that's an alabama product yeah Locked him up. Didn't let him leave the state. Yeah. Um, who else? Mark Ingram. Nick, Nick, Nick Saban had ties to Mark's family. Mm-hmm. New Mark. And, let, and you bring him in, he becomes the highest trophy winning running back at your program. <laughs> so you don't get you don't get Mark Ingram at Alabama if you don't get Nick Saban at Alabama. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 incredible the things he was able to do, and we were able to see what it was like for, in a sense, when people were watching Bear Bryant, what he had going on. We got to see that with Nick Saban. I mean, if he didn't win the national championship, he was right there in the game. Yeah, I mean, it was like every other year, you win it, lose, or you, you win it, or you just fall just short. You win it, you win it. All right, yeah, you 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 went ten and two, or it's eleven and one. The next year you win it. I mean, it's unheard of stuff. It is. It's <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Like it, it's it, it's not it's not necessarily me being just shocked that he that he's retired. It's just like sitting back and just like reflecting on everything and, and just realizing that. He's not going to be coaching on that sideline any, anymore, but look what he gave us during his tenure there. Man, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and just, now that this season is over, I always do this during the offseason, just go on YouTube and search random old classic games and watch them. Mm-hmm. But now I really got to go back and look at some of these Alabama teams from over the years and some of the classic games that, that they've had and even some of the dominant performances really appreciate what he had cooking. And I'm going to do it in chronological order. We're going we're gonna to start with the the 08 season and, and go yeah. forward. With it. Yeah, it's, I think I think we have to do that because we remember there were some dominant teams, but the stuff Alabama was doing on defense in this early part of his tenure, the defenses he was trotting out, and the defenses were full. It was like everybody, if you started, you were getting drafted at some point, whether it was in the first round or the sixth round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All 11 starters were, were drafted. Yeah. That's the kind of defenses he was trotting out in the field. Right. There was no weakness at all. Like, that's what – it scares me to this day in watching these teams where like it, yeah you probably saw you know one guy and say you know like hey I, th- I think 
I think the other guy is probably just a little bit better. But for the most part, that whole team was no slouch. Everyone had some level of NFL caliber talent flowing through their veins. And you had to because the guy behind you was waiting to take your spot to show that he was the NFL player too. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, at, the, like think about think about those war rooms that they had over the years of all of those corners and receivers and offensive linemen. Like, I can go on and on about offensive linemen and defensive linemen in Alabama. Like, just studs everywhere. Guys, you know, coming in into that program wanting to compete at the highest level against their teammates. He brought those players there, and, man, you can't. A lot of times, those were probably the hardest games were the practices. Probably were. <laughs> they had to have been. I know for uh, several of those seasons, the most difficult times, if we if we were fortunate enough to get some, to have somebody on, they would probably say those practices were the hardest thing. Because mm-hmm. the dominance they showed on the field you just knew they were putting in work at practice. Like it was some some crazy practices going on. Right. It so. just had to be. Like I, I would have been a fly on the wall just wanting to witness practice in Alabama. Um I wanna see this culture that was cultivated. Yeah, yeah that's, it's definitely something special. Definitely yeah, something special. Yeah. It it is. Um <sighs> At this point now, Chris, like, I I look at this as, you know, we're in the era of NIL and and guys, you know, wanting this amount over that amount and stuff. And, you know, it had to be, and pretty much you said it, it it had to be something that Nick just saw and and said to himself, like, I've mastered my way of coaching these guys without the use of NIL. Now in this new era, I don't think I got that amount of patience in me to catch up man, in this era. Man of you know what? How many national championships? I ain't got to put up with this. Right. <laughs> I've done it all. Y'all, I got a statue well, as I am living and still coaching the football team, there is a statue erected of me outside of Brian Denny Stadium. I don't need this. I have to go home. <laughs> I don't need to do this. <laughs> I don't need this, man. I don't need this. And and you you just kind of you just kind of feel for him because you know deep down inside. He probably in in a different world where NIL didn't rule the world of college football, he would probably be back next year. That's just what it is because he he loves the game of football so much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Him and Bill Belichick. I mean, everyone knows Bill Belichick's not going to be coaching the Patriots next year. Right. These are these are guys that football's in their blood. And when 
when you add in things like NIL into the factor, and <laughs> I mean, you can you can kind of look at it too, folks. The whole spat that he had about Jimbo Fisher and A and M and all of that yeah, stuff. That that he was planting the seeds then, Chris. He was letting you know You're right. then. You're right. That you right. That this all of this isn't for him. He tolerated mm-hmm. it for about as long as he could. He adapted until he couldn't. He adapted. He he. He adapted and evolved as as a coach. A lot of those Alabama teams were simple offenses and just went on the backs of their dominant defenses and over the years became a, a, a spread offense, an offense that would be big down, uh, plays downfield. You saw how Lane Kiffin used Blake Sims and what he did for that Alabama offense. And it seems like since that point, the offense took off from there after Lane tenure at the OC. Um, and you saw Saban adapt to the, the portal, brought in guys like Jameson Williams from Ohio State and the season he had at Alabama. Um, brought in Jameer Gibbs. I mean, he's, he's adapted with the times and still had success. Won a championship um, in, in this decade, in the, the, tw- the 2020s. So he's stamped. So yeah, he he doesn't have to do this anymore. He 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 gave it a try, and it's one in this era. I mean, kudos to him, man. Like go go while you still have the power, and don't let this thing crumble on your watch. Yeah. A lot of coaches sometimes go, not under their own power. Like, hey, it's time. Yeah. Whether we're gonna fire you or we're gonna force you out. I feel like this is under his own power. Yeah. No, yeah, I, this this feels different from Belichick. I, I I think and of course it's two different um levels. You got NFL, mm-hmm. you have college, but um it's just something in me and you probably feel the same way too Chris where you you felt that it was time for Bill Belichick to go and he probably yeah, didn't want to go but so Robert Kraft was like it's time to go GM and the coach right. yeah and, and Robert Kraft probably reiterated that to him and, and said like we we can't do this anymore Thank you for all your years that you've brought thank you for us. Your yeah, thank you mm-hmm. for your service. Thank you all of these championships that you brought to Foxborough. Can't do this anymore. For Saban, yeah, I think he had a lot of self um, uh, reflection on on the situation, and that kind of mm-hmm. that that kind of made him make that decision much easier because the ball was more in his court. Than it was sure. the boosters and and the AD for sure for uh, sure. So now things get interesting, Corey. Yes, it does. Because that craziness we were talking about <laughs> prior to Nick Saban and his stability and the the years and years of winning he brought to this program, mm-hmm. we're about to see things that. 
we had to kind of I had to research like you you knew about it a little bit growing up, but we were young pups when this stuff was going on in Alabama. There's even a generation before that uh, came after us that knows nothing about the craziness that what happened that was going on in uh, in T Town prior to Nick Saban coming to town. <laughs> I think I think things are about to get wild. This is this is a tough job. The being the head coach at Alabama is already one hell of a job. Now you got to follow the man who's the goat. Those are, those are, I can't even, I can't even call it. Those are just massive, humongous shoes to feel like. You can't feel it. You can't. Fi- you can't it's feel them. It's gonna take four, five, six hires to feel those shoes. It's, I, I'm not saying that was gonna fall off just terribly, but man, do we think the guy who takes this job is really going to be able to follow him and succeed? I, I don't. After think the so. standard that's just just been set to follow what was already the Alabama standard. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't think it's that easy. I, I am I am sorry. Um I, like it, it's just not it's just not that easy to to do that. Um I, I mean like I you're seeing it right now. You bring in Oklahoma and Texas in. Yeah. It's a portal era. <laughs> um did your defensive coordinator also just retire? Um, the defensive coordinator, I think he did retire. I, I know Mississippi State just got their linebackers coach. Um, I feel like with the field, defensive coordinator. Didn't field just retire? Let's see. I mean, it's it's going to be a new. You're going to have a new DC and OC more than likely, anyways, with the new headman coming in. Let's see. So, it's... That was a little bit of the writing on the wall, too, that we didn't pay attention to, I think. Kevin Steele, yeah, he he retired two days ago. So... Two or three days ago, yep. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he definitely knew. (laughs) He he, he definitely knew. Uh, it's, this is, I think we're, we're in for a quote unquote treat. We're about to see just how, just how crazy things can get in Alabama. Cause people don't, people really don't understand there. There was the, the, the boosters don't play there. And we, you, didn't have, you didn't have to see the ugly side of the boosters when you had Nick Saban running things and, and, they had all the trust in the world in in him. Literally, what do you need, Nick? All right, bet. So they they didn't have to bring that ugly side out, right? <laughs> but now it's a lot different. It's going to be a lot different because I don't know if the new guy could tell them to back up. I I don't care who they bring in. I don't know if they have enough pool to tell them. Back up. I got this. And if he shows that he doesn't have this, 
and they go eight and four, things can get crazy. Now, who do we think is the guy to take on this job? Realistically, I think it has to be Lane Kiffin. Mm. No matter what, and I know there's people, and that I've would been, be a crazy ripple. Like the, the, <laughs> how that affects the SEC in this upcoming season, if that is the case. Oh my goodness! Look, out of all of the coaches that you have available, there's one thing that's for certain with Lane Kiffin. You got someone. That's willing to recruit at a high level. <laughs> he brings in a lot of noise, whether that's good noise, whether that's bad noise. It's noise. Mm-hmm. I'd say you you bring this man in, you let this man know. Well, I don't even think you let him know he was there. He he knows what's at stake. And he's a saving disciple, in a sense. I mean, and he's you know, a saving disciple. Yeah. And think about this, Chris. Everything that Lane talks about in terms of what he wants from Ole Miss and stuff, it's easy. It, it's attainable at Alabama. Like, the whole built by Bama mantra, yes was under under Saban, but he knows what that's like. He knows what that feels like. I, I I think it's a perfect match in terms of what you want to do with talent. You have yeah. the talent. Yeah. You just need the coach. I I agree because I think it's evident this offseason and on the last three seasons. There are few coaches that are as good at working the college football landscape with how it currently is than Lane Kiffin. The man is dominated. This offseason, Ole Miss has dominated the portal. Ole Miss right now, we had a way too early top 25. They are a preseason top 16 when you look at the roster they have returning, despite losing Quinshawn Jenkins, I still think there's preseason top 16. Ole Miss we are talking about. We're from Mississippi. Yeah. Every five, six years, you might have had Ole Miss preseason top 15. There was always that one year in the cycle that Ole Miss would be a top 15 school. Mm-hmm. This team is perennially playing in power. Uh, New Year's, you know what I'm saying, uh, New Year's Six Bowls. You know what I'm saying, bowl games. Um, this man has the philosophy, explosive offenses, master recruiter, and portal magic. Not everybody has that. No. Everything that an Alabama fan would ever want um, out you of this need team. to be successful in this landscape. Lane Kiffin has it. He, check, he checks all of the boxes. All of the boxes. He wins the in the portal. 
That is the hire. I don't know if it, if it happens, but that's the hire. Yeah. I, I, look, is there any Ole Miss fans listening to me right now? This might sound like retaliation, but but like I, I look at it as the truth. I, I I don't see any anyone else. I, I know people are are mentioning um DeBoer from Washington. Mm-hmm. I, I like if if I'm him, I'm staying at Washington, honestly. Because you got a good thing going on right now. You got you yeah, got man, a guy. Like, man, his hair is going to be gray after three seasons. Now, <laughs> and I don't want that for him. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want that for him. Saban leaving Alabama still looking spry. Still, you know what I'm saying? Like he got some bounce in his, in his knees and hips. Like he, Nick, Nick, Nick don't look his age. Right. But he's seasoned. Everybody else ain't going to be that fortunate. Right. He's seasoned. Because he got into a situation with Alabama where they needed him. They needed him to get to that next level or to get mm-hmm. back to that level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they saw over the years during the the Brian, the Bear Bryan regime. They mm-hmm. they wanted that. He gave them that. And yeah, he probably felt the stress, but he didn't let the stress get to him. He didn't let you know, the fan base dictate who he was as a as a coach and who his team mm. was. They mm. were gonna go out there and compete. This next guy? Oh my gosh. They need it to has be to be it has to be tonight with with uh whatever. Like I ain't I ain't worried about y'all. Like it, it you need somebody with how Lane Kiffin is. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I'm a flashy on the on the internet. You know, doesn't mind talking stuff on the internet. Um, appeals to the youth. So it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, look, you know, what I'm saying got swag, got got has has some has some stature, and he's not too young. <laughs> We're old enough to remember Lane has he's had his his moments, his controversies. He's lived. He's had, he's lived a little bit of life. Yeah, the job isn't too big for him, possibly because of the fact people might forget he was at Tennessee, right? And that was a he was at USC. Yeah, he was the coach of the Raiders. <laughs> he he lived a little bit of life in football. Exactly. So if there is somebody who's ready for this role, and still. Has that young spark to him? It's Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I I definitely agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it, it's 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 right there. It is right, it's right there. there. He, he checks all the boxes. Will, yeah. will he leave the? Will he leave this thing that he has been working so hard to build? Because we know this is the season for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Does he leave Ole Miss, where he will have a statue of himself if he continues to stay there and does what he's doing? Do you leave that good thing for what could be at Alabama? <laughs> that is the million dollar, the multi-million dollar question. Look, all I all I can say is this, Chris. They got the money. They got the resources. 
they they have everything there for Lane to succeed year one. Oh, man. And you can, can possibly you? save that recruiting class because they, they're dropping like flies right now. They are. They are. But but they will definitely – Lane can save it. And some of them guys who committed, keyword committed, to Ole Miss, they ain't signed any paperwork. They committed <laughs> to Ole Miss. And they can they get can out of it. Commit to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you know, which won't be good for a team like Ole Miss that, you know, they they were looking, you know, if 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 it does indeed happen, um, you know, they were looking a, to take the next step in the state of Mississippi. What a thick, twisted world we'd be living in if he does go there. Because then the Iron Bowl is now Lane Kiffin former Ole Miss head football coach, if this happens, versus Hugh Freeze, the man at Auburn, who Auburn hired knowing he knew how to beat Nick Saban. Well, he got to beat Nick Saban now. But also former head coach at Ole Miss. <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss be catching the raw deal, dog. Yeah. Like, and Orgeron, former head coach at Ole Miss. What the hell is he winning daddy? Like, it's just, it's tough. Look, man, it, I, it, it you kind of feel you kind of feel <laughs> honestly for Ole Miss at times with just you know catching all all of this this bad that, publicity. Oh my else god! Was also at Ole Miss, like they be getting all these guys, you know, what I'm saying, and then they never they, stay. <laughs> they never stay. They use the big old turn up the SEC school. <laughs> it, it's unfortunate. Uh, of course, if you're an old Miss fan, but I mean, well, what, what can you say? Yeah, if if this takes place, I I don't know what to tell them. Like, that's tough. That's tough. If that takes place, we yeah. will see. We, we will see. We will see. But um, but yeah. Um, all I can say is is congrats to Nick Saban on his retirement. Um, it's well deserved uh winning six national championships yet alone one is <laughs> it's not easy at all there's no easy feat and yeah he can just he can just sit back and chill with his rings and you know give knowledge to Deion Sanders at this point you know it's the prime and when he's ready to be a college football commissioner <laughs> or the head of the CFP, whatever whatever position he wants, it's there waiting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, man. I- anything else you want to um, mention before we kind of delve a little bit into the national championship game? Nah, man. We, we've, we've, I think we've hit on it all. I think Ultimately, um, I think it might be Mike Norvell. We will see. But I'm like you. If I'm Alabama, I, I think you almost have to go the anti-Nick Saban route. Like, you, you got to go. You got to. I think you got to go flashy. Mike Norvell doesn't really kind of do it for me. Not that he hasn't accomplished things at Florida State. But. 
I think you go for the home run hit hit. And the home run hit is Lane Kiffin. So we'll see how it plays out. I know we'll 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 have our we'll we'll have another pie when that news breaks uh, on who's the head coach of Bama because the college football landscape it it moves. Like it's it's like the sun and the earth, you know what I'm saying? Like when as Alabama moves, college football moves. Yeah. So this this hire will have significant a significant impact on the um, college football scene because it is we are in January. This isn't November. Right. This isn't before the early signing period. Mm-hmm. This is extremely late in the game. So somebody is about to feel some ramifications. And then they got to fill their coaching shoes and hire somebody else. I mean, it's just onward and onward. So this is this is major. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's definitely um, something that's that we're going to be talking about over the next several days. I know Alabama said that they are looking at well, at the time of when they announced Saban's departure. They said. That they were looking at getting someone within 72 hours. So um, either tomorrow, maybe Saturday, um, if they need to extend, is the time where we'll hear something. So um, it, it's definitely something. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, you ready to talk some natty talk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about this very underwhelming national championship game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh folks so yeah um so we, we we've crowned the national champion ladies and gentlemen um michigan has defeated the washington huskies 34 to 13 they have capped off a 15 win season for the year chris and um yeah people and arbor are still celebrating right now um, over that win over the Huskies. Um, what, <laughs> what did you think about this whole game in general? Just because for, for me, I, I think it started to feel like it was going to pick up in the third and Michigan just ran away with it. There was no no way for Washington to, to come back, especially after um, Michael Penix's Injuries, of course. Right. And they dropped passes. <laughs> yeah, Michigan just went. They they were getting a little too cute at one point. You saw the very first drive of the ball game, just how dominant the offensive line could be in this one. How they were just moving people around left and right. And I feel like they were passing the ball a little too much and got away from who they were. And they pressed the reset button on things and had some timely play action calls to go along with the run. And just they were they were simply the better team. Weren't the flashiest team. They were the better team. Washington, a great team. But also a very fortunate team. I feel like this season. I feel like we kind of chronicled that. They they've gone through like two months straight. Of like every game being close, that that wears you out. It does. (laughs) (laughs) 
that takes a that takes a toll on you, and you can only pull off so much magic, so many times, and you know, just they face a, an opponent with that's well coached, determined, motivated to win this one, especially with all the, the stuff that was circulating around the Michigan program this season. Um. So yeah, I wasn't shocked one bit. You, you, you know me. You know if we if we had a pod, I was going to tell you Michigan's going to win. I was going to rock with Michigan. Um, and that's that's what happened. Michigan simply just a better team, I think. Um, kudos to Washington. Very gutsy team. Um, but. Michigan has a, a stellar defense, and Johnson on uh, in the secondary, he's gonna play a, a long time in pros. So, yeah, shout out to Michigan. Yeah, it, like just a just a big win um, for the Michigan program. I mean, I mean they've been looking for this for years now. <laughs> Man. Um, Shout out this this is this is for Mike Hart. Yeah. This is for Mario Manningham. Mm-hmm. For Braylon Edwards. Uh shoot, who else? Um this is for Chad Henney. I mean <laughs> Michigan's had some guys come through and yeah. have some, some special seasons, but this is for Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, first national title since '97. Um, I mean, that's that's a long time now. So, you know, they they've been looking for this uh, for for a win like this for a while. And um, hey, Jim Harbaugh delivered. Uh, they had to go through a lot of mess <laughs> to get to this point um uh, from him you know being on the sidelines and not being on the sidelines it's it's amazing that <laughs> for the season that they had and with all of the scrutiny and stuff um that was put on the program that they still did this mm-hmm. um yeah. focus man they they they, they had a, they, they the mission yeah yeah, the the mission was clear, and um, yeah, they they definitely um seized the moment, seized the opportunity, and now they're crowned as your new national champion. So, so yeah, um, now that the champion has been crowned in Michigan, um, with all of the bowl games that had happened. Um, this season, Chris, who are your you know biggest winners and losers in terms of what you see from them going in the next season? Oh, Miss TBD should be currently at this moment they are. <laughs> um, some other teams that come to mind for myself, you know, you know, you know, I'm gonna mention Arizona. Yes, Arizona is solidifying their great season with a, a win in the bowl game against Oklahoma. Preseason top twelve team in my, I, I, they're one of the favorites. I feel like to win the conference in the Big Twelve next season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
expect big things from from Arizona. They're, they are bringing everybody back. Um, Tennessee is also a winner in my eyes. They have found this. They have their quarterback. Their quarterback of the future. Tennessee's offense will be potent next year. There's going to be some rough patches. And they have some 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 times where your quarterback shows his inexperience. But Tennessee has their QB. The Vols will be a problem in the force and can possibly make their way in the college football playoff next season. So if I had to make an early bold prediction, it would be that Tennessee makes a CFP next season. Oh, nice. Hey, any Vols fans listening right now, <laughs> you, you probably you probably excited right now. I, I look, hey, it, we talk about Alabama, we talk about Georgia, you know, Michigan, um, you know, Texas. Just you know, they got good news about Queen Ewers coming back. I think that's good for them. Um, for Tennessee, I think they're doing a really good job right now with recruiting and. Look, I think while we're in this decade, they gotta they gotta win one. The the next three years is the window mm-hmm. to definitely with. Uh, I forgot how to pronounce his name, but we, we both saw we, you know the quarterback I'm talking about. They're young, true the freshman QB. Yeah, Nico. Nico. Yeah, well, we're just going to go by the first name. Nico. <laughs> he's a dog, man. And he's someone. I remember when I saw Anthony Richardson the first time, I was like, whoa. Anthony Richardson, this dude, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be a top pick one day. <laughs> and he became a top pick. I am seeing Nico play, get his first career start. That's the same vibes. Whoa. <laughs> That guy, that guy's going to be a top five pick one day. Mm-hmm. And the kind of offense that Tennessee is capable of having, because we've seen it um, in 2021, how prolific it can be. Mm-hmm. They can get, they can tap back into that. And the defense that they had this year, they mess around and get, have the defense going, clicking at the same Rate as the offense was, if those two, if those two sides of the field can be playing great ball at the same time, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, man. Tennessee can definitely win a natty. Um, I'm not saying they will next year, but a little bold prediction. Even with the young QB, mm-hmm. I think Tennessee's going to make some things happen next year. That is a dangerous squad, dangerous team. See, yeah, I I have high expectations for Tennessee um, next season. Um, yeah, I mean, look, with, with a guy like Nick Saban not being there anymore, it definitely makes recruiting a little bit easier. You know, it yeah. Makes the third Friday in October a little less stressful. Yeah. I don't care who you got as head coach coming in. <laughs> I know. As long as you don't have to see what? old Saint Nick over there yeah, on the sideline. What? <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is good with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, I wonder, I wonder what how how good old Jimbo's kind of thinking about this. Like, you know, Nick Saban retires right before he can just get like one more shot at A and M to you know make things right with the good with the good old Aggie crowd. And <laughs> next thing you know, Chris, they're like, all right, we gotta gotta take these car keys from you. You know, we can't. You gotta give them up. You know, <laughs> we we yeah, appreciate yeah, your service, but yeah, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. We're gonna look elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> my ear goes man, his, oh his keys. <laughs> that does something. I just thought about though. Who kind of? I'm. I know we all think Georgia, you know, the the betting favorite to like take over and run the conference per se would be Kirby Smart in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But do we think it's that simple? Josh Heupel has proven himself to be a very good college football mind. Lane Kiffin, we've talked about, is someone that Alabama should have on their radar, and he's currently at Ole Miss. Um, until so it's a, a lesser degree, Mark Stoops has had you know success at Kentucky and has been been able to work the portal and maximize the portal for the Wildcats. Um, guys aren't. Coming in with Texas, Oklahoma's entering the league. Eli Drink, what he's been able to do with Missouri has been impressive. Do we just think that yeah, Brian Kelly at LSU? Can can we just assume that Georgia is about to dominate? I think there's there should be some more discussion of parity coming up in the league, and not people just assuming Georgia's about to take over. I. I- I am um, in agreement with you on that. I do think we kind of need to um, slow um, our roll a little bit on Georgia in terms of just dominating every single year and becoming this new. I mean, people already started to call them that, like they're the new Bama, like you know they're creating their own dynasty. And I, I and I do think um, there will be times where they'll be in the thick of things of course in winning another national championship but when you have all of these teams like you just said that are rising to the occasion um it isn't going to be that easy um one, one thing I could say about Nick Saban that I kind of still look at Kirby Smart and and I ask questions on is is he ready to you know make those late game adjustments and and look I I know he's he's a really good coach and he has done it before but can he like seize the moment like a Nick Saban did in you know making those late game adjustments when you know your back is against the wall. Um, you got to do yeah. something. Um, you got to make Nick, make the right Nick decisions. Didn't, he didn't mind benching Jalen Hurts, right? And putting in Tua. Those are the things and, I'm thinking about. And and you can you can definitely say the fact. I personally feel like Kirby rolled with Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Cost Georgia a national championship. 
They did. And added one to Nick Saban's mm-hmm. trophy case. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I think Georgia fans kind of need to remember. As good as Kirby Smart is, making those decisions when they need to be made, I mean, I, only time will tell. I have yet to see that side of Kirby Smart that can right the ship when things <laughs> aren't looking so well um, for Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Even even this season with Nick trying out the the other QBs. Okay, y'all y'all ain't y'all ain't it. We gonna have to figure things out with Milrow mm-hmm. and put him right back in as a start. Yeah. When when it comes to the quarterback position, that's something I'm looking at with Kirby Smart because he's very particular on who he wants out there and who he wants to stay out there. And sometimes it might not always be the best for the team, especially at the way that you recruit and knowing that you may have a guy that may just be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Give that guy a chance. Let them let them go. Um, what's the worst that that can happen? We saw Nick Saban make those tough decisions. Took out Hurts, put in Tua, brought him a national championship, beat you. <laughs> you know that, if that didn't teach you, you know, learn you something, teach you a lesson. I don't know what else. I don't know what it happened to you. Yeah. I don't I don't know what will um get you to see. It, it it's just something, you know, for me it, it's on my mind in terms of um where Georgia stands in all of this because you you're right Chris, it it doesn't get any easier now when you add in two teams, especially a well-oiled machine that recruits well. Programs. Yeah. Right. In college football. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I look, I, living out here in the Austin area, look, I, I know I, I know how much uh, it means to a lot of people being a Longhorns fan and and what Texas has done to maintain its relevance in this new age of college football. That whole NIL with just offensive linemen Hey, that's pretty tough. That's it's pretty smart tough. too. <laughs> and, and 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 I know people. I know Texas is losing Ad Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. two guys who will go on to do great things in the NFL. They are bringing Quinn back, but if Quinn, if he doesn't play, Quinn is a, a great QB, but I don't even think he's exempt for what could possibly happen next season if he doesn't showcase dominance at the QB position. Because Arch is coming. I look, man. He he breathing down your neck like Godzilla. (laughs) That's a bold move by Quinn coming back because, look, things get a little shaky. (laughs) You can get Kelly Bryant. Oh no, not not the Kelly Bryant. He could get Kelly Bryant, and, and, and Trevor Lawrence came in that thing, and nothing was the same. Yep, 
Look, I would, I would, I want the best for Quinn. I ain't saying he's going to get Kelly Bryant, but <laughs> that that was a bold move on his part coming back because Arches, Arches, Arches looked really good, and in the time he's been in, and I know he's improving. He's only going to continue to get better and better. And if Quinn has a great year this year, and Arch gets to sit again, Lord have mercy. Two years of experience sitting and improving as a quarterback. And when he gets his chance to start that junior year, Texas is set up. Absolutely. Texas is not about to let Arch leave. Even with Quinn returning, Arch isn't going anywhere. You don't have to worry about that. Texas is set at the quarterback position for the next three seasons. Yeah. Not everybody else can say that. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be very big, and in, in, as they move into the SEC and compete with the revolving door that normally is the quarterback position, mm-hmm. to have some stability there, Texas will be a force. Most definitely, most definitely. It, those are the things I'm thinking about. Um, just with the Man. SEC, um, I mean, it's gonna we'll, be crazy. It, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I mean, we don't know what. Jim Harbaugh is thinking, do I stay or do I go? Do he I go to go. the NFL or do go. I stay in Michigan? Go. It ain't going to get no better than this. Go. I think he goes. I, I think I think he's fulfilled his promise to his, to his school, and he brought you a national championship. Thank you for your service. Go. Thank you for your service. Go. <laughs> Especially with the landscape in the NFL, that's a, we we know we're a college football podcast. But man, you see all the jobs open in the NFL. Yeah, there could still be some more jobs open depending <laughs> on how this wild card weekend goes. You you, you thought we were done firing coaches? No, <laughs> Black Monday just don't just don't stop at Monday. Key card Monday ain't it wasn't just this past Monday. Yeah. This, the season ain't over. Yeah, so yeah. It's like Black Friday, Chris. You know, you think Black Friday deals just happen on Fridays? Like, no, it's the whole month of December. <laughs> Man, so yeah, it's boy, boy, college football. It was football was one thing this year. Well, this past year in twenty twenty three, it's gonna be a whole other monster in twenty twenty four. Yeah, and we're gonna be here covering it. You're right. You're right. We're going to be dialed in, tuned, locked into every uh, every bit of news, ready to get to you guys give, and give y'all our takes. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, if, if, I don't know if FanDuel, to the people who are in states where you can bet, if you can do future bets on who makes it to the CFP or, or Dark Horse to, you know, who wins the SEC. If they got Tennessee posted, just just throw ten on them. That's major. <laughs> just just throw, just throw just throw a few bones on Tennessee. It won't. And thank me later. I ain't saying they're gonna win the conference, but you know you're gonna get some bang for your buck with those odds because I'm pretty sure they they are heavily leaning the Georgia and Texas way. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes. Is that everything you want to want to get into for this show? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Um, I, I did have. I'm sure um, we probably would, should, should. We probably would be back at it very soon once Alabama announces their head coach. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, 
I think you're right. Um, yeah, it'll be it, it definitely we'll be talking about that. Um, I did want to kind of go over a little bit of recruiting just to kind of okay. see um, what are your thoughts about um, the early signing period and stuff. And we'll delve deep a little bit more mm-hmm. um, on recruiting folks um, as we get towards um, National Signing Day in February mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, we'll, we'll definitely have time. But um, what, what have your thoughts been before we um, head out today? Um, just about the early signing period and where some teams are at right now. Yeah, so <clears throat> how I'm kind of looking at things right now, um, of course, the big dogs have been doing fine. Um, you know, Texas, Georgia, they've had all had good classes, um, some good news. I will say, though, for Georgia, Having them one of your key marquee quarterback prospects go into Nebraska, that's a tough blow for Jordan. Um, and you already had one of your five-star guys now transfer within the conference to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is tough for Georgia. But it's Georgia, and that kind of happens when you're Georgia. When you are bringing in a bunch of four-star guys, you're going to miss out on some, some players. Some guys are going to leave, and uh, you're going to miss out on some recruits too. But right, I've, I've liked what I'm seeing from Texas. I like what I'm seeing from Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami is another team. Mario Cristobal, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, currently right number four right now. And recruit. Miami has they they have some pieces there are keeping that talent in state in Miami and with what is currently going on I don't know I don't know if anybody's talked about this with Billy Napier and his job security in flux at Florida with the NIL violations that had been reported by on three sports regarding Florida state and also Mike Norvell. Will he stay? Will he go? Cause he's um, someone that's been discussed as a possibly Alabama's next head coach. Miami can very well be back in the next year or two, like back, back like two thousands playing for national championships back. With all of this going on, because Florida is a team that's had a great recruiting class and has a lot of talent committed to them currently. Florida State has been a dog in the portal. If if those two coaches are not the coaches there soon, where do you think those guys that are in the state are going to be looking forward to probably playing college football at? I'm just saying <laughs> Yeah, um it is it's definitely interesting right now. It Miami has a cold class right now, but let let Florida let let let, let these guys still be shaky on Florida because Florida has lost some recruits. Yeah, they have. Where do you think they're gonna end up going? I'm just saying. Look, the you right now. Ranked number four 
Um, this is about as high as I've ever seen Miami be ranked. Um, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> and they have room to grow. They could before the fourth signing day is over. They could very well have the number two class in the next. We, we could be seeing a return. We can be seeing a return, and this just, this just is saying. the class that will be the one that that starts it. A lot of these guys, we're going to see them play next season in this class. <laughs> Mario's not going to he's not going to waste any time getting the talent on the field. No, not at all. I mean, why would you? Like, you got to win. <laughs> I mean, Miami hasn't been well. They haven't been to a national championship what since two thousand two. Yeah, so. Like yeah. look, this, this is about as good as I've ever seen Miami recruit at a high level in a even better quite than, some time. Than, um, than the class under Coach Shannon mm-hmm. when they had uh, what's my boy um, at quarterback. You remember uh, number twelve, Jacory Harris? Yes. <laughs> Even better than the Corey Harris days where, you know, Miami had a little moment where, oh, oh hold on, now is Miami back? <laughs> but, uh, no. This is, under Mario last year, they had a chance of even being a nine-win team. Lost a couple games that they shouldn't have. So, mm-hmm. just imagine when they get the guys in. So, right, Miami is cooking right now and can, can't even have a better class when it's all said and done. Because... The, the the state of Florida is coaching carousel is looking kind of interesting at the moment. It is. And you know he's you know he's looking to take advantage of that if something happens. And who who could blame him? I mean look, it's time to start winning. Um it's time to start winning of course. Um Miami, like they haven't been been to a natty since two thousand and two. You got your neighbors, or you know, they're kind of flailing right now. You know, trying to figure out some things. They will compete for a CFP spot next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they make it, but I will say in 2025, <laughs> they they will be in the college football playoff in 2025. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> When you look at this recruiting class they got coming in now, dogs. Dogs across the board. Yeah. This this is one of the ones we're gonna look back at the tenure of Mario and be like, that was the class that did it. Mm-hmm. He definitely has, you know, all of the tools right now. I mean, Miami's, you know, it's in a it's in a very passionate town. Uh, of course, um, you know they, that, they want basketball to be back, right? Like they want Miami to be back. You know, yeah. what I'm saying the U, and imagine all the alum. Like as soon as soon as they are eight and zero with the huge night game on TV, everybody that played on those 2000s teams, they gonna be back on the sidelines at the game. That's gonna be a sight to see. It is. It is so. He still still got some work to do, but um, I, I think they are on the road to um really getting this thing 
um, turn into a well-oiled machine again, um, like the Miami of old. So I'm gonna keep keep my eye on on Miami during the off season, heading into the spring, um, and then ultimately once we hit around uh, media days, of course, we'll we'll definitely be talking about them more. So I want to feel that buzz. I want to see where this where this team um will be at by time kickoff um this this season come yes sir one more note mm-hmm. Clemson is a team that continues to do it the traditional way what's their current ranking right now let's see so we have Clemson at number 12 that's what, I, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. They have a good class. Number 12 in the nation. Very mm-hmm. good class. Yep. But it's very traditional. Right. High school guy, and that's it. Yeah. When you want to dominate in the high school world, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have one transfer. They ha- They don't have one transfer guy. Like, like, let me. <laughs> I remember, I don't think they have one incoming transfer. Let me. Let me just. Let me just see uh, because I hope my eyes aren't deceiving me on this. No, no transfers. That's All of these guys are fresh out of high school. That's interesting. That's how Dabo <laughs> wants to do things. I am. Can this do him in though, Chris? Like. It can it very it very well can. It can. I hope it doesn't, but it can. Yeah. He's zagging. Everybody else is zigging. Dabo is zagging. <laughs> <laughs> he you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's looking for the long game of the program. Like we talked about. Teams are a lot of times now in college football, these programs are more just so teams for that season. Mm-hmm. You have so many new guys coming in. It's not really an established culture because this, this this guy wasn't here twelve months ago, right? Well, that's something. That's what they had. That's what's different about Clemson. Like once you come to Clemson, you're there. These are all guys I recruited out of high school. You knew what you were getting into. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think he's hoping that pays off. I'm curious to see if it will because when it did pay off, you had guys like Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Mike Williams. Deion Kane, um, Justin Ross, uh, Wayne, Wayne Gallman, Travis Etienne. I mean, so Hunter Renfro. <laughs> I mean, you had you had pro players, pro players. Yeah, let's go on and on. I don't I don't know if you necessarily have that now. Because the, the you know the talent is spread out so much, so we're going to see. Mm-hmm. We're going to see just how well that eye for high school talent is, and just how well they can develop said talent. That's what we're about to learn with Dabo. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to know, spring it out. Like I know they have a good class. I'm just curious to see how things play out in the transfer portal world. How does that play out for Dabo not diving into that realm? Right. 
it's going to be interesting. I, I will say this. Their highest rated re- recruit right now, Chris, is Sammy Brown out of Jefferson, Georgia. Um, he plays linebacker, 6'2", um, 230 pounds. Um, he's listed at. He's a five-star. As I look down this list, I don't see a quarterback. So they they must be very high on K Clubnik. They are very high on K Clubnik, and there's still a lot left to be desired. I think of K Clubnik. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe they know something we don't. I just think maybe they need maybe they need some receivers to step up. I don't know, but. I didn't really see it from out of Cade this past year, but he's still young. Yes. This, this will be your junior year, so this this will be the leap year. You expect quarterback to make a, a big leap from sophomore to junior year, so mm-hmm. yeah, we're going we're going to see if he lives up to that building. But it, like you said, they they think they got their guy. They think they have it. Um, we'll, we'll see, of course. I mean, maybe, um, like you said, you know, they add in a couple of other, um, receivers, of course, some skill guys. They need, they need some speed on the outside. Yeah. They I, need some speed on the outside after watching them some, some games this year. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, um, I see a couple guys listed as athletes, um, that can go either Either way, um, but I do see two. I do see two wide receivers. Um, one in Brian Wesco um, from Mididonian. Um, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if you're mm-hmm. from that area, if I'm um, mentioning that correctly. Um, but he is from Texas. Um, six two, hundred and seventy pounds. He's a five star, and um, T.J. Moore. Um, from Tampa, Florida, he is six three, one ninety five, and he's a four star right now. So, um, those are those are some guys that they're looking at probably coming. They might have the they had to be more. instant impact guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on some on some AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, right? You know, what I'm saying how they were true freshmen. Mm-hmm. Day one, Ole Miss, and we we saw why. Yep, <laughs> but we continue to see why. Right, exactly. So, so it's gonna be interesting, man. Um, look, we we got a whole off season. Like I said, we will have spring, um, workouts and everything. So we'll get a little bit of an idea on where a lot of these teams stand. Um, as we'll progress through the year into the summer and then eventually we'll be doing this all over again once we um get through media days and stuff uh, we'll get a chance to see what these um teams look like of course you know did they hit in the portal did they hit in recruiting or you know <laughs> or are we having <laughs> some some other issues of course that that will need to be dealt with so Mm-hmm. It's gonna be interesting, but we will be here, um, definitely, to to talk about it. So, 
So yeah, man. Uh, any anything else, man, that you want to mention before we head out? No, sir. No, sir. I, I think then we've we've hit on a lot, touched on everything, had some good conversation. Now we just we sit back and see how some things play out. Absolutely. It's, I mean, this is going to be a domino effect. <laughs> I agree. It, it is. Uh, it is from saving, leaving to. Um, just the coaching carousel in in general, like yeah, plays into the recruits. Yeah, the portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're definitely in for a whirlwind. But you know that that's what makes this game great. Of course, is sometimes getting that uncertainty, and then you know, once we get those things answered, we can kind of look back at everything. See. How everything worked out. So, so yeah, man. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate y'all listening in as always. Um, just capped off the first episode of 2024. Um, yes, sir. We plan to have many other episodes for you guys, um, as well as. Hopefully, we plan to do some interviews, of course, as well. You know, this is, I think, a, a perfect time to kind of, you know, delve deep into some of these um, college uh, footprints, of course, and, and talk mm-hmm. and get on, on the ground, you know, talking to some people around some of these programs, of course, just to see, you know, what your favorite teams are are looking looking like just getting the feel for that but um we appreciate y'all as always um listening in on the show um as always if you want to listen to us we're on multiple streaming platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts, youtube amazon music and amazon audible iHeartRadio, and many other streaming platforms out there so we very much appreciate you guys' support as always and just feel free to um, subscribe like comment on the show um, it definitely helps us um, know what we're doing and you know gives us feedback on how we can improve for the future so um, Chris go ahead and yes, let sir. the good people know where they can find you on social media you can find your boy on X at Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12 and you can find me on Instagram at Chris dot Bolton underscore awesome awesome he's he's on there talking all sports of course uh, we're knee deep in basketball season of course um, baseball will be back uh, very soon as well too so I know you'll be talking about that also so so yeah be sure to follow Chris um, to get all of your updates <laughs> and his take um, of what's going on in the sporting world. Um, for me, uh, you can find me on X at Listen to KSW, all one handle. Um, I'm on there talking college um, sports, of course. Uh, college basketball is going on. Mississippi State had a big win um, yesterday yes, against number five. Um, Tennessee so <laughs> so that was good uh, shout out to my dogs yes sir absolutely and um, yeah on there talking um, many different sports um, we're knee deep in NFL of course with the playoffs 
and mm-hmm. professional wrestling, of course, um, and video, any video gaming news and stuff. Um, just follow me on there. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Um, that is it for us. As always, um, be sure to keep it locked here on the show. Uh, we'll definitely have more topics to discuss during the off season. And um, yeah, y'all will hear from us. I'll say um, probably next week we'll, we'll, we'll have another show. Uh, but you'll, you'll definitely hear from us soon. We'll definitely reach out. All right. Y'all take care. Peace. Peace.